<laughs> Welcome to You, Me, and the SEC, <laughs> the podcast about the intersection of SEC football and culture. And we're trying to start talking about one of the more famous egg bowls uh, in recent memory, but we're having some trouble, aren't we? Well, you you just went on a little little thing about snake well, eggs. And no and... one will ever know about it. No one will ever know. Uh, did When we moved into this house, did I tell you about the snake skin? Well, I found the snake skin, and then you said that you had found it. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I, I remember every day, every day, because I remember I walked past where I saw it. Okay. So. All right, good. That's that's all we need to talk about with that. So what are we talking about today that actually has nothing to do with snakes, and we should not mention this? Well, I, nothing really. Uh, it's about the 2019 Egg Bowl, which if you're out there and you're like, what is an Egg Bowl? I feel like I've been at this conversation point before. Let me just define it. The Egg Bowl is the yearly football contest between the Ole Miss Rebels and the Mississippi State Bulldogs. And it takes place on Thanksgiving weekend. Uh, more often than not, has been on Thanksgiving night, uh, at least in recent history. And it is one of the more, I don't even know a word to describe it, because it's not the Iron Bowl. Uh, it's not the cocktail party because mm-hmm. those SEC rivalries, you usually have a team that is ranked in the top five. There's SEC championship-like implications. Um, the Egg Bowl is usually between two teams that are battling for bowl eligibility or in eight and nine games, and weird stuff goes down. Do you feel like that makes them more desperate because they're like in a more like desperate state of battling for... Like, because they're so equal in a lot of ways. I think they're very equal. Uh, historically, the the two programs are very comparable. That's probably being yelled at by the scores of state and Ole Miss fans are listening to us. But so, what we're going to do is look today, as I said, specifically at the 2019 Egg Bowl, which commentators have lovingly dubbed the piss, the miss. And the double dismiss. Oh, wow. Have you not heard that? I have not. I mean, it's beautiful. That is beautiful. In every way. And of course, I have come to call Ole Miss over the years, Ole Piss. Yes. Makes me laugh every time. And it's rare that an action in a game lives up to a nickname like that, but it happens uh, through this game. So it's absolutely incredible. Do you uh, remember watching this game? Um, Yes. I I remember you watching this game. We were in our old house in in the bedroom. Upstairs in our bedroom, maybe. I think I was because this was late at night. Right. I think I was like asleep, okay, or falling asleep or something. Naturally, yeah. <laughs> and this was one of those that you're like, "Let me just." Like, you you need you, to know. You need to wake up. I think and you listen. woke me up and was like, "This was incredible. <laughs> it was absolutely amazing, and it, it it's amazing. It came out of the seasons that were very nondescript mm-hmm. uh, for both Mississippi State and Ole Miss." And to give a little context about where we're going, at least to set up the world that we're at, this is 2019, so this is pre-COVID. Uh, it's you know six months before, not even that, until March 2020. So we're in this world in which Mississippi State um, had two years ago lost Dan Mullen. He went to Florida uh, and had hired Joe Moorhead. Tell me all that you know about Joe Moorhead. I know nothing about Joe Moorhead. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm so I sad. I mean, this was around the time that we were doing our like quiz, Brittany, on who the yes. on who the SEC football coaches are, right? 
And um, I always forgot Joe Moorhead. The only reason I could remember him is because of Jay Moorhead, who was the president of Georgia. Right. And that was the only way I could remember it. No relation that we know of. Right. Joe Moorhead was the, I think, the offensive coordinator at Penn State. He was a, a Northeastern football guy. I think he's from Connecticut. So he was nothing... pretty, like, I don't want to say mouthy. That sounds bad. But, like, I mean, like, he talked. Right, a little bit, yeah, yeah, a little bit, I feel like uh, I but not, but nothing says Starkville like Connecticut, right? And, and so all, all, you know, already you've got this kind of like cultural difference coming in. But anyway, he comes in, and year one was very blah, and year two had been very blah. They had lost five of six games during the season, and and they needed this win uh, against Ole Miss to be bowl eligible. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at this point, Mississippi State had been to like ten straight bowl games, or or like ten straight years with a bowl. Which for Mississippi State is an incredible number. So uh, there's no, a lot that of Hugh Freeze era, right? Well, that's Ole Miss. Oh, you're saying Mississippi State? Mississippi had, State. I'm sorry. Yeah, I wasn't listening. Well, welcome obviously. back. <laughs> welcome back. Uh, so yeah, they gone ten years with the bowl or something like that. So they were looking to continue that. Ole Miss um, was in kind of a funk as well. Remember, Hugh Freeze uh, had been their coach in the mid 2010s. I had been run out of town because he had called some ladies up. You know, that just gets you in trouble. Mm. He'd been replaced by Matt Luke, who mm-hmm. is a Ole Miss uh, alum, but a very non-assuming and very, like, he is not going to grab any attention. Right. So uh, how I remembered his name when we were trying to figure this out right. was, I would just say, like, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. And... But then take two of the names out. So which two are you taking out? Because you didn't say Luke John, or you didn't say Mark John. Right. I would just went through them in my head and tried to find Matt Luke. Matt Mark. Matt Mark. No. So yeah. anyway, you ended up on that. Uh, but Ole Miss was also running out of gas. They were 4-7. and seven. They would not go to a bowl game. Uh, they had missed out on bowls for three straight seasons. Uh, Matt Luke went 5-7, and seven, I believe, in his first season. I don't think they're on a bowl probation at this point. Uh since or a bowl ban from the the freeze probation uh issues i I don't think that had been the case so uh but in any case Ole miss is uh is kind of in a tough way as well so anyway you got two teams here who are who are basically struggling Mm -hmm. to make any sort of impact in the sec west add to that a little bit of interesting context even in the egg bowl of running up into this point two years ago in 2017 DK Metcalf, who I've shown you the picture when we did the SEC oh, yeah. year, like I did I the primer uh, wide receiver uh, for Ole Miss. Ole Miss was winning handily in 2017, and what did he do in the end zone after catching a touchdown? Um, he got on all fours and lifted up his leg, um, mimicking a dog urinating on something. You know, a, a male dog urinating. Right, that's uh, right. Excellent. So, like Piper here, for instance, who is in that in the house with us, Piper wouldn't know. And be able to execute that move, <laughs> right? Because that is not in her uh, her repertoire, right? Because she's right. a female. Thanks for for making that quite obvious for all of us uh, listening <laughs> to know that that is what I was going for. <laughs> I don't do think that she like wasn't a dog. She doesn't have a leg. <laughs> she has two legs, and she operates on little wheels in the back. And she Aww. has a little ivy drain that goes around with her. 
She doesn't look amused. No, she um, has no sense of humor. So anyway, DK Metcalf did that, and Ole Miss wins the game. That was at Starkville, though. So you can bet the the ding dongers up there in the uh, in the what? That's <laughs> what they're cowbells. That's what it sounds like. The ding dongers. Well, I haven't until now, but I'm keeping that. I don't know. I think we should just shy away from the word donger. Personally, I guess it is. I I was thinking it as like two separate words, but maybe it does sound like a. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Well, let's bring it back at some point. Anyway, um, t- tough scene. Next season, we go back to Oxford and play. Uh, it's a blowout. State's winning big. It's an ugly game. Uh, and uh, there's a fight, a big brawl at the end of the third quarter. So mm. we've got a lot of, like, stuff happening in the context. And, and, and you also have this dynamic with this game where State and Ole Miss, these rosters, there's so many of these players that grew up in, obviously, Mississippi, uh, Memphis, uh, Alabama, that maybe didn't catch the eye of Nick Saban or Gus Malzahn, or, or, or maybe they're from, all from Atlanta or New Orleans. Like These guys know each other, and State and Ole Miss operate at such similar, like a similar level that you're recruiting a lot of the same type players and they know each other. Uh, one of the, the central players in this game, Elijah Moore, uh, for Ole Miss is from Starkville. So, mm. like, this game matters. Mm-hmm. It really does matter. So, with that context, like, what what do we expect to happen? Right. Well, so we've had a couple of years of some crazy, crazy stuff, right? So you got, like, the dog lifting of the leg move, and then you have, like, a straight-up fight in the middle of the game. Right. So 2019 comes. Same coaches are still there. Maybe even more desperation. You also like kind of widening the lens a little bit. You have a really annoyingly good LSU team. And I feel like that's got to affect both Mississippi schools that they're like, and LSU is really good right Right, now. Right. And a really good Alabama team because it's Alabama. Yeah. You know, like I feel like that's got to like make both of them be like, what is like, well, their only saving grace at this point is that Arkansas is absolute trash. And they're in the middle of like an epic winless streak. So but but there was a sense that these are you know, Moorhead is doing okay. Matt Luke, it's not looking good. Mm-hmm. And there was some sort of a sense that like if it's very possible that both teams could in theory uh let both coaches go. Mm-hmm. Um because, you know, there was a little bit of, like, well, is Moorhead, like, the guy culturally for us here at Mississippi State? Um, you know, Matt Luke, it, it's certainly there's, it's as stale as, as some sort of bread that's stale. Uh, it's just not looking uh, like, like it's going to be a fit. So you go into this game, Thanksgiving night. Um, Mississippi State looks like, in, in the first half, at the beginning, like they are the team that, that wants to be there. Mm-hmm. And Ole Miss is like, let's shut it down. Again, State's got to win to make a bowl game. So State goes up 14 to nothing, 11 minutes left in the second quarter. Uh, Ole Miss's quarterback is named John Reese Plum. And the announcers for the game had made mention of the way as he threw the ball. He threw a lot like another famous Mississippi quarterback from long ago, Brett Favre. So I'm like, well, this is, you know, we're calling this guy the second coming of Brett Favre. And Brett Favre went to Miss, went to Ole Miss? No. He's from Mississippi, though. Oh, okay. He went to Southern oh, Miss. I had no idea. Fun fact. So they were, like, saying, this guy is amazing. John Reese Plumley, yeah. Right, and he came out and did not do great. Well, and he hadn't been playing well. He also played, Plumley played uh, baseball for Ole Miss, too. Which, which people do that? Yes. 
Not all the time, but sometimes. Oh, wow. Especially the college level. I didn't know like D1 people did that. Yeah, they'll do that. Ole Miss baseball is doing well. That is true. Yeah, yeah they're doing out. very well. Uh, so anyway, where were we? Okay, so yeah, Plumlee's not doing well. Second quarter, it's looking better. So you go to halftime tied. Yes, at 14. <laughs> uh, they come out second half. Mississippi State takes the lead, 24, 21-14. And Ole Miss not really moving the ball. It's not looking good. So Ole Miss decides to go with their backup quarterback, who is? I don't know. Matt Corral. Oh, okay. And I was like, well, is this the emergence of Matt Corral? Like, yeah. is this him coming out into the scene? Because he's going to be such a big part of Ole Miss and the Lane Kiffin, first two years of Lane Kiffin. Then I go back and see that Matt Corral was playing in the uh, Egg Bowl from 2018 and was the one that started the brawl. Oh, yeah. So well, We all knew he had a past. That's We did. We knew that he had some troubled past. That's how he and Lane Kiffin – got their bond that they're more than just coach and player they're friends don't you remember all that not really no. okay i do uh, i i know i honestly forgot that matt corral had been there for like ever yeah and with covid you know you think the top quarterbacks are going to be there three years he was there for uh and he's gone on to the nfl but anyway uh corral comes in where's Plumley? Right now, mm -hmm. uh, somewhere in Mississippi. I'm not sure. Oh, if someone he's can not let us NFL. know. He's not playing. He, he played wide receiver for Ole Miss the last couple of years. Oh, okay. So he just does it all. He's probably going to play basketball for him this year. Who knows? Yeah. yeah. Uh, but anyway, uh, Ole Miss is in the position where they're down 21 14 at the end of the fourth quarter. Uh, they're going to have to make a drive. Now, we're going to talk uh, for the rest of the, like at the, the end of this, we're going to talk about like the moment at the end. That's why we, people remember. But from this game, which is very nondescript at this point, it's 21-14. It's a close game, but it's being played ugly. Lots of turnovers. Like, nobody's going to remember this. Uh, no one really remembers this last drive. And the fact that they get down to the score with a touchdown to almost tie it, but the drive to get down the field was absolutely insane. So did you check out anything with no, the, the drive itself? It. Okay, mm -hmm. so it's 4th and 24. Mm-hmm. And Ole Miss is back at their 14-yard line. And so 4th and 24, you're like, well, you know, game Hail over. Right. 57-yard pass. Wow. Uh, Mississippi State plays this zone, and they totally leave. I think Braylon Sanders was the wide receiver's name. He just kind of just keeps going, just runs it out, just keeps going. And Corral's got the arm, mm -hmm. finds him at about the 40-yard line, and Ole Miss is in business. And I think at this point, there's about two minutes left. Mm -hmm. Okay, so then next play, there's a roughing the passer. So Ole Miss gets about another 15 yards. Now they're down to about the 20. It gets to the point where it's now fourth and four at the Mississippi State nine-yard line. Okay. So Matt Corral makes a hard count, draws Mississippi State offside, and then when an offside happens usually, right, mm -hmm. it's like a free play, mm -hmm. right, because you know as the quarterback that uh, – the defense has a penalty, so even if you throw an interception, you can just take the penalty and take the yard. So mm -hmm. Corral's like, okay, that's great. So he throws it up, and it's caught in the end zone for a touchdown. But the officials have blown the whistle because sometimes with an offside, they'll blow that whistle dead, especially if there's no effort to block the defenders so the quarterback doesn't get killed. Okay. And the Ole Miss offensive line did not move at all. So mm -hmm. the, t the touchdown is taken off the board – and Mississippi or Ole Miss gets the first down, but of course they don't score the touchdown because the whistle blew the play dead. Oh, man. So now it's first and goal. So then you get a penalty on Ole Miss, 
an ineligible receiver downfield, so now it's like first and goal for the nine. Then get a pass interference in the end zone, so now it's going to be first and goal at the two. Then you have Corral running for no gain. Then you have an incomplete pass, and now you have third down. Right. Third and goal from about the two-yard line. They throw a little uh, pass out to the left side. Elijah Moore, the wide receiver, makes a move, gets into the end zone, and Ole Miss is scored. And then, at that moment, what happens? He is so excited, he gets on all fours and sticks his leg up like he is peeing like a male dog. A male dog. Yes. And what happens for that? And he does so, I think part of it is his positioning. Because he does so, it looks like he's peeing on an official. Oh. So I think. Oh, I think that's it, an interpretation. So I think the official was right there yes. and gave a 15-yard penalty and, and I think on to, the kick. And I think, to be fair, that he would have gotten a 15-yard penalty anyway because you have all the Mississippi State fans that are there. Of course, this, again, this is in Starkville where you have all the ding-dongers with the, the cowbells. And he makes the, the impression that he is, you know, relieving himself on the fans. Right. So not only the official, but maybe the official is there too, and that certainly didn't help us cause. I don't know. Cause. I feel like if somebody did that right in front of me, I would be like, um, excuse me, I'm right here. <laughs> like, these are my feet. Please do not do right, this. Right, right. I do not want to clean these up. Uh, so 15-yard penalty. Okay. So what's critical about this is that it's 21 to 20. A touchdown is worth six points because there's always the extra point, which I had never understood. Like, who's... I need to go back into the annals of football history. It's like, why Why was that decided? You have some time. You like to read boring books. Why don't you figure that, that one out? That seems hurtful. What is the book that you are reading now? I'm or reading just about read? the Cultural Revolution in China there in the 1960s. Go. It's fascinating. Um, but anyway, 15-yard penalty. So what this means is that to tie the game, Ole Miss's kicker is now going to have to kick a... He'd do the math. 35. About a 32-ish yard field goal instead of a 17 or so yard field mm-hmm. goal, how long the extra point usually is, mm-hmm. in order to tie the game. Uh, so you're like, well, he, I mean, he's lined up in the middle field. Just kick it as long as you usually do, and you'll be good. Except. Couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. He couldn't do it. Wide right. And Mississippi State wins 21-20. Why do you think he missed that? Uh, it's a lot of pressure. I'm sure it threw him off. You know, like, A, there's a lot of pressure, but then I think everything that happened with that, probably with that uh, that move, because, you know, I, I read that right when uh, Elijah Moore did that. Um, they don't know what coaching staff said it, but one of them said, there goes our jobs. Yeah, and, and that's the whole this whole context at the time of like so much pressure on because no one knows you get on the other side of this game where we have a job. Mm-hmm. And even before the kick, someone on I read the someone on the Ole Miss headset had said that may have cost our jobs right, right. there. Right. Uh, so the kicker, I think Luke Logan yeah. was his name. He misses the kick. Uh, Ole Miss attempts an onside kick to get the ball back. Doesn't get, uh, get the ball, uh, and the game ends twenty-one twenty. Uh, with Mississippi State getting the win and becoming bowl eligible. Here comes the pressure. Corral towards the goal line. It is caught. It is a touchdown. Elijah Moore. And they're an extra point away from tying the game. And penalty markers get thrown after the play. Oh. Uh-oh. Big-time extra point here. If this is excessive celebration. 
sportsmanlike conduct foul, eight on the offense. That penalty will be enforced 15 yards on the kickoff. We'll have the try, one on top down. Now everybody on the Mississippi State coaches staff here is saying, no, no, right now we want it. Yeah. From the, from the three-yard line from the trial, wow. we'll have it on time down. So this is going to be an extended extra point try because wow. of the excessive celebration penalty against Ole Miss. So it comes down to the foot of Luke Logan, the junior from Hattiesburg, Mississippi, a 35-yard extra point to tie the game. The pick is up, and it is no good! There are flags all over the field. The Bulldogs are celebrating. There's still four seconds left in this game. There are still four seconds left. Still four seconds left. They have stormed the field. They have to get him off. Here's the touchdown by Moore. He got in despite the hit from Dantzler. But Luke Logan, who had an opportunity, and you saw Elijah Moore, the excessive celebration, invoking, invoking DK Metcalf. Luke Logan had the opportunity to tie the game. And so Old Miss is the loser on the scoreboard. Right. Right. But I think the question we need to ask is, who really is the loser here? So the the obvious candidates are Elijah Moore, yeah, who is the one of the P, um, living up to the old piss mantra. There you go. Uh, Luke Logan, the kicker, because he's the one in which all this confluence of, event, of events comes mm-hmm. uh, and puts him into that spotlight he that is, he did not ask for. Right. He's the last one to touch the ball and make a mistake. Right. Uh, the referees, because that's what you do when you lose, is you blame mm. the referees, particularly yeah. when they their whistle took out the touchdown uh, right. on fourth and goal. Yeah. So I think that's your really your three options, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I've narrowed it down to three. Who would you go with? Who's the loser? I mean, I feel like I got to put some of it on Elijah Moore. You know, like, and I I feel bad doing that. Okay. I I, I hear you feeling bad, but I didn't ask you, like, who were the losers. You had to pick one. You you said I have to put a little bit on. No, we're not putting a little bit on anyone. We're putting it all. All judgment spotlight on the loser of this piss, miss, double dismiss. So who's the loser? Elijah Moore. <gasps> okay. Why? I'll put all of my eggs in that basket. Ah, there you I, I go. like it. I like it. Um, because I just feel like the game would have been very different if he had not done that. It has to have been different. Or the ending of that game had to have been very different. And if he had not done that, I think it changed the mood of the game. I think that that would have been all excitement and it really did take the air out of it. Because he got that penalty, which, you know, I think about it, you know, that's people get um, unsportsmanlike conduct penalties all the time. Right. Even in settings like that. Right. So, like, why was that one a little worse? I think, first of all, it's the the horrific nature of a dog pissing on you. Yeah. Uh, That that's that might have just earned us the explicit tag. Uh, Yeah. Uh, It's your worst fear. Yes, it is. Uh, But I mean, that is just like a shocking thing. The, the gall of him to do that with the context that DK Metcalf did that two years ago, 
um, in that moment. Uh, you've got all the ding dongers up there in the stands. Who you really got to stop. I'm riding it out. I'm riding it out. It's happening. It's happening. Um, yeah, it's like that just seems a very disrespectful moment. I mean, if you're the Mississippi State fans and the team, I don't remember in the game that the Mississippi State defensive players took much of a, a front to it, though. Mm-hmm. You know, they're probably just like, oh, crap, we just let them score. But they, right. they we weren't just... really, like, disrespected. They didn't seem disrespected in that moment. Yeah. And, you know, like, also thinking, you know, this was not we won. And this was not Mississippi State saying we lost. This is probably them saying, okay, we got to get our heads in overtime. You know, we're probably going to overtime right. and we have to, like, I feel like you have to wrap your head around that at right. that moment. Right. So they're probably thinking that, yeah. you know, of like, okay, next step. Yeah. What's next? They might not even be thinking about that. See, the- I think it's such a bang, bang moment. I don't think it, it made a huge difference. I think if you're if you're Mississippi State, you're assuming, like you're saying. I mean, you're assuming in that moment you're like, well, they just made it harder for themselves, but you don't expect the kicker to miss. So I don't think that that moment takes away from the joy that Ole Miss is feeling. They're like, well, crap, we might have. Let's put this in the back of our mind that if things go wrong, we can remember this. If the kicker hits the the extra point, then no one remembers this. So you're putting it on the kicker? I'm putting it on the kicker. I think it's obviously, I mean, look at it mathematically. It's 21 to 20, miss a 32-yard field goal from the middle of the field. Yeah. I mean, that's that's going to be a miss. Now, I'm not saying it's not a tough situation for him. Obviously, it's very difficult. But he still missed the kick. And like you said, unsportsmanlike penalties happen all the time. So, I mean, if he's missing the kick, he's missing the kick. I think he's the one that you have to put the blame on. I just, I hate putting the blame on a kicker. Why? Because I just feel like that is a cheap thing to do. You can't put the back of a team on the on the kicker. He can't even be hit, okay? He's like this precious <laughs> little, like... Just a little angel yes, back there. Yes, that can't even be touched. Right. And I think that, you know, I I have the most... Fear and admiration, not fear, just more admiration for the mothers of kickers. Well, you remember that video from the A&M Alabama game last year? Yeah, the in which girlfriend. They, they showed, and the mom. And the like mom. Like them together, like very different ways of reacting. Gosh, I just. Like the mom is just quiet and stoic and the, the girlfriend, fiance, wife, somewhere in that zone. I don't know where she was or is or how that goes. But she was very much like wearing it on her sleeve. Right. Yes, and, like she was about to but, wet her but pants. But then you could see you could see the intensity. <laughs> wow. Sorry. <laughs> it's a crossover theme that we have here too, yeah. though. Uh, but you could tell Mama was just feeling it, like she was radiating that intensity. And you know she's done this for like the past seven years, probably of her kid playing. Yes, but here's the here's the thing: when the kicker hits the kick, right, and that all the the joy and adulation goes on the kicker from in that moment making that kick. Mm-hmm. Then you also have to be able to be prepared to put all that angst and, and disappointment on the kicker when he doesn't make it. Listen, if you're a kicker and you don't want that moment, you know what you should do? You should punt. Mm. I mean, that's what really your, your, your task is. They do it for the glory. If they don't get the glory, they get the blame. Yeah, or we could do like that... Uh... Uh, Presbyterian College team that and doesn't never kick. kick. That's the thing. Should Ole Miss have gone for two from the 17 yard line? You one play to score. Probably not the best plan mm-hmm. to to go with, but that that is what it is. Yeah. So yes, I am putting the blame 
on the kicker. So neither of us are putting on the And refs. I want to just say, it's Luke Logan. I don't mean to, like, not refer to him by his name. Yeah. You know, and, and he goes on, and next year Ole Miss wins the Egg Bowl, and he gets a field goal in the game. So, like, okay. it's not like he's he's going to be known all the time for that for that missed kick. Uh, but at least in this game, he's the one I think you put the blame on. Mm-hmm. So the next question we need to ask is, is this a game? So Mississippi State wins. Right. Is this a game that you can be proud to win? Absolutely. You're not for one second making any apologies here. You're not looking up at the world and be like, ah, <laughs> I'm sorry that we won this. It was ridiculous. You take that every day of the week, especially because it's your rival. It's your rival. I think it does not matter. They could, like, you know, fall all over themselves and have bleed off. <laughs> wow. How, how many more human liquids are we going to excrete in this game? It doesn't matter how you beat your opponent. It doesn't matter how they lose. It's the fact that you won. I think you just have to also acknowledge that Egg Bowl, you know, crazy stuff's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So, like, you just add to the lore, and you're just happy it doesn't happen to you. So, I don't, you know, Mississippi State doesn't have to apologize to anybody mm-hmm. for losing this game. I mean, they did, they're not the one that, that did the, uh, the dog action. They're not missing the field goal. They still scored as many points needed to win. So, mm-hmm. no, you're, you're not embarrassed to win this game. And this game got them to a bowl. Right, exactly. Six wins. Yeah, you're not apologizing at all. Right. Um, I don't know. Do you want to talk about, like, the butterfly effect of this game? Yeah, so what happened? So, again, we, we laid that in the context, right, that you've got this this crazy moment that happens, and it's, it's sending State to a bowl. It's sending Ole Miss home. They were going to go home anyway, but at least it's, it's a very embarrassing loss and ridiculous loss. So, like, what are some of the effects? Let's go ahead and just lay out the rest of the context. Mississippi State goes to the Music City Bowl. They play Louisville, and they lose pretty convincingly. I uh, think about a couple touchdowns. Um, so, we get to that point. So, what what happens here as we conclude the season? State finishes 6-7, and seven, Ole Miss 4-8. and eight. Like, what are the things that occur now? So, Matt Luke, um, he, I, he doesn't get fired immediately, but by the end of the season, he's done. Right. Which I guess that is the that end was of the, the end, but, but at least <laughs> maybe in a couple of, a couple days he wasn't fired on the tarmac. It's, it, and it's not as good as Brett Bielma when he was fired by Arkansas, where he was fired <laughs> on the field on the field in essence, on coming the way, into the tunnel. Right, right. Yeah. So, um, but he is he is let go, which I mean, we could see that coming, right? right? I mean, mm-hmm. ha- there was no other way that ended, right? Um, you know, if he had won that game, I don't know, could you fire him? I don't know if you could. I think so. A lot of the things I read say that he was fired because of the end of this game, or like if stay if Ole Miss had won, that he would have not been fired. I, I really I don't buy it. I think he was gone. You think I, he was think, gone no matter what? I think it'd been three years. They're very stale. They had gone six six five and seven, and then best had been five and seven again. Yeah, I think he was gone either way. Um, but uh, Jeremy Moorhead or whatever his name is, he it'd be Joe Joe. <laughs> Jeremy Moorhead. He um he lives another day. I think he even gets a raise because of after this or like he gets money because they go to a bowl they game. They go to I a think. bowl game, so that um, it triggers an extension. Right. Yeah. But or a uh, bonus. A bonus, okay. And then but after the um after the Music City Bowl, he's fired. He gets canned too. And it's funny because after the game, they asked after the egg bowl, they asked Moorhead about like the possibility of losing his job because there have been talk and he said to the extent or or to some effect 
the quote, they'll have to drag my Yankee ass out of here. Oh, gosh. Uh, and, I, you know, I guess they dragged. I guess uh, they did. Uh, so, uh, you know, it's a it's a phenomenal quote, but it's a it's a quote that you make on your way out. Right. So so then I so you know what? Like who does did who won this? Did it matter? Were those coaches already gone? I don't um probably. I feel like it was I feel like it, they were gone no matter what. Yeah. So nothing matters. Why did we even play this game? <laughs> Right, I mean, like... No, I, I mean, think that, like, w- when it comes... I feel like there's a lot of stuff that's, like, because of Elijah Moore doing that, it caused this ripple in all of this coach coaching changes. Yeah, we're going to put some links in. You know what? I'm going to put it in the show notes because I'm going to do that. All I already right. have the links there for us, okay. so it's a lot easier. But there's so many articles about how this game triggered, like, all of these firings and hirings of coaches and like they're saying because of the 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 piss right you have all these Mm -hmm. things happen i I think it's a little reductive i think it's a little simple to put it that way um but it is a a fact that these two moves are going to trigger a lot of different uh actions within the coaching circle that's going to shape very much what we have in the sec sec west uh, in 2022, uh, a lot of what we have today is coming exactly from this moment. And I think, you know, their next two hires um, were very different from what they had. I think they they both hired two of the most, the biggest personalities yeah. in college football. And we both talked about how Joe and Matt, you're welcome for remembering You got both Joe, well names. done. I well know, done. but... Maybe I mean that's why I think Joe had a lot of personality with his Yankee, you know. Um, but I think that they really wanted to go somewhere where uh, a coach could coach's identity could help rebuild that program. Ole Miss and Mississippi State realize that they have to have a name to catch the attention in the SEC West, mm-hmm. and Alabama's Alabama, A and M is A and M. Auburn has Jesus. Sure. Right? I mean, we'll talk more about Auburn, Auburn Jesus on another day. Um, LSU is LSU. If you're Ole Miss Mississippi State, you've got to do something, I think, to grab that attention. And the hirings or the hires that they make with Lane Kiffin going to Ole Miss and Mike Leach, which was not a shocker, but people didn't see that. Lane Kiffin, people kind of knew he was going to try to come back into the SEC. Mike Leach, it was not expected at that point. Mm-hmm. He flirted with Tennessee a couple years previous. But those two hires brought immediate legitimacy and relevance to both of these schools mm-hmm. that they were not at the end of 2019. They were not there at mm-hmm. all. And that's where this game got the two programs back on the national stage, and they stay there with the two hires that they make. And, you know, I read, I didn't know this before, that um, Lane Kiffin was in talks with Arkansas. Exactly. So if he had not, if he had not gone to Ole Miss, if he had gone to Arkansas, Sweet Sam would still be at Georgia. Matt Luke wouldn't be at Georgia. Matt Luke goes on to become the offensive line coach at Georgia because Sam Pittman, who was the offensive line coach at Georgia, goes to Arkansas. Right. Which, it, you know, I just talked about, like, how Ole Miss and Mississippi State need a name. When Arkansas hired Sam Pittman, everyone was like, who? Mm-hmm. Like, who's that? But 
obviously it's worked out well for Arkansas as well. Mm-hmm. So you talk about three great hires because State and Ole Miss are both doing fairly well, relatively speaking, mm-hmm. um, after those hires. Um, Matt Luke, it's interesting, and maybe this is something we can look into another day, but Matt Luke um, recently retired. Oh, really? As Georgia's offensive line coach, and he talked about how the transfer portal, specifically the portal, had changed the nature of his job so much to make it so much more intensive of having to continually try to keep uh, his players in uh, and on the Georgia roster that he decided that this was not worth the lifestyle change and he would rather spend his time with his children at their Little League games without him having to be on his phone all the time talking to recruits and the portal and high schoolers. So it was really interesting to see how he had made that career change uh, after coaching his alma mater and being very thankful for that at Ole Miss and deciding, okay, go to Georgia, win a national title, but then being like, you know what? I'm going to step down and, and not do that once uh, right. anymore. Because where is he going to go, you know? And, like, I mean, like, what else? He's been, like, the head coach of an SEC school. Right. Now he's got a national, national championship. championship. Yeah, so career-wise, maybe he has reached what he yeah, wants to do. Yeah, yeah. But that's, I mean, I can only imagine how much, you know, I, I get fussy with you when you're on Twitter, like, on, on your phone. Imagine if, like, if I, I was think, Matt Luke's I don't think wife. Brittany, the coach's <laughs> wife, would would function very well in the world i I just have a feeling i don't think so either joe moorhead went on to be the offensive coordinator at oregon i believe he's still there that's a google check for anyone else to to look at uh but he's doing you know oregon's oregon yeah Um, it's a good good job for him good job and i want to give a shout out too as we end here to elijah moore because i think it would be easy for for people to continually beat up on him to the to the point that this was a guy that to a man, people said that was not in his character to do that action in that moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he obviously had a very difficult time kind of coming through that, uh, knowing that maybe my action led to my coach being fired, you know, and mm-hmm. all these things happened. But when Lane Kiffin was hired, one of the first things he did was really try to connect with more because he saw the talent that he had to become a, a continue to grow. He was already a really good wide receiver, but to continue to grow. And during the COVID year, 2020, Elijah Moore had 86 catches for nearly 1,200 yards, eight touchdowns, was a first-team All-SEC, and a consensus All-American pick, and is now playing the NFL with the New York Jets. That's awesome. So he has done... So this is actually a redemption story that we're talking about right now, I think this is. I think at the end of the day, when you talk about this, and you kind of frame this in kind of the, the, the... the scene of life itself is that this is a story where like your actions have unintended consequences. Your, your moments in the middle of the spotlight can have big triggering moments for people that you don't even know. But at the same time, that doesn't dictate that you have to follow the path that people think you are going to follow because of an action. You can rally, you can rebound and turn that disappointment into something beautiful. I think that says a lot about him. But so, so we got Matt Luke is like retired and a little league coach and living his best life with his national championship ring. Then you have um, Elijah Moore is in New York with his NFL money, and then you have Matt Corral who had his year. So really, did Ole Miss win? Did Ole Miss win the piss miss and double dismiss? I think I'm going to argue that it did. They did because look at them now. You would probably argue. At this moment in the middle of 2022, again, this could change. 
But you have to argue that maybe Ole Miss went to the Sugar Bowl last year. Maybe they are in a better position. That's true. So, the ding-dongers. Please what are stop. they going to do to respond? Please stop. That's no. going to get us the explicit. What is wrong <laughs> with that phrase? I'm going to go with that every time. I think if there's any uh, Mississippi State people out there and are that are all offended you by ding, that. All you ding-dongers out there. I'm, uh-huh. I'm trying to fight for you, okay? Um, so, the, yeah, there we go. Egg Bowl 2019. One of the best games I've ever seen. Uh, no, lie, strike that. One of the best endings of a game that I've ever seen. The rest of the game is very quiet. Uh, we'll put the link in the show notes if you want to check out the highlights you can, along with the other things to examine the effects of this game. But it's an interesting one, and I'm glad we spent some time talking about that. Uh, you're really going to town over there on Piper. <laughs> well, I'm trying to get her to stop whining, so I'm petting her. She's cussing her. us out over there. She is. She's, She's going to lift her leg on us. <laughs> Piper, sorry, you can't do it. It's not going to happen for She's you. She's a lady. I'm Ben. I'm Brittany. And this has been you, me, and the SEC. Bye.